0: One, and welcome to the Books from the Basement podcast. You are here with me, Amy, and with Lisa.
1: Hi, everyone. It's winter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is.
1: It is January 16th, and we find that we got snow, and it went from like 40 degrees to 35 below wind chill in two days.
0: Uh. Ouch!
1: And it was the weirdest thing because when I go up outside to clean up the yard, I wear like my Carhartt jacket and my state trooper, Alaska state trooper winter hat because it's so cold and you can get frostbite in like five minutes or something ridiculous. And it was so weird because I went to a doctor's appointment and I didn't even wear a coat. And then the next day. I had to put on all of my winter gear to go outside. Wow. And it was just the weirdest thing. I felt like I was overdoing it. Like, why am I putting on so much winter gear?
0: <laughs> why,
1: do I need all of this? And then I was thinking, so last year, if it was 20 below real feel,
0: uh-huh. of
1: course I would have gotten all dressed up. <laughs> but it just felt weird because yeah. it's such a huge it's swing.
0: Been so long. Yeah. Yeah, I do not envy you.
1: I mean, once it gets below zero for me, I don't really notice a difference. The temperature is actually was like ten below or high
0: the other day. It's chilly. Yeah, I'm thankful that I have not needed to come back to Minneapolis in the winter for many, many years. Mm Hmm.
1: Yes, it's not pleasant. You would not like it. Yeah. Fun fact about. It being 30 below, last, well, I guess it would have been yesterday morning at three o'clock in the morning, all of my smoke detectors went off <gasps> as if my home were inflamed.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
1: And scares the crap out of you because it's three o'clock in the morning and you're fast asleep. Yeah. It's so loud and all of my alarms are hardwired, so yeah. they're all going off. Uh huh. And I got these new ones that are smoke and carbon monoxide detectors. Uh huh. So I don't know why it's going off.
0: Could be either.
1: It, I think I. You know, you would think it would be a different noise for carbon yeah. monoxide. I'm sorry, I bought the combined ones. Is part of the point of the story. Mm. So I didn't know if it was that, and you can't. Like, I can't unhook mine because I have a vaulted ceiling, and I would need a ladder. (laughs) And even the ladder I have is not tall enough. It's just, you know, how high that ceiling is. And they put one, like, way at the top of it.
0: Oh, my god! It doesn't need
1: to be here. Plus, there's one down the hall. So, if it's a cooking issue, there's one within, I don't know, feet, maybe? Yeah. So, anyway. I've had it on my list of things to do to have that one capped off because
0: mm-hmm.
1: when it, the battery gets low, it does that annoying beep, 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 and then you yeah. reset it for like two hours, and then it
0: goes. Yeah. About.
1: Oh, okay. So anyway, back to the story. <laughs> so back to the story. So they're all going off. I I don't see smoke or fire anywhere, mm-hmm. but I don't know about the carbon monoxide thing because who knows. So I have to call nine one one. Oh no. they tell me to get out of the house in case it's carbon monoxide we've got three dogs with me because (laughs) you had three Uh. (laughs) three i had lexi cricket and then edie was sleeping over so i had to get them in the car back out of the garage into the driveway to wait for the fire department to come Mm -hmm. okay it's really cold (laughs) the (laughs) car is not heated up yet So, you know, obviously, my dogs work at the fire department. I've talked about that a lot. Yeah. And it's the Plymouth Fire Department who is going to show up at my house because I live in Plymouth. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And uh so they pull up. They don't even pull up my whole driveway from the street up because it's just... Tight turn. Yeah. They'd have to back out. Anyway, they left their truck down at the curb. And these two younger guys that I recognized... I think they just send out the newbies on these calls. <laughs> so it's right. Like Probie. They can handle it. Because I think there's usually four people at the station 24-7 and only mm-hmm. two showed up that mm-hmm. I know of unless mm-hmm. there's others were in the truck. And he comes and I'm just like, okay, tell him what's going on. And he's like, oh, we'll go check it out. So they go in. I see the flashlight going through the house.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And then he comes back up holding a smoke detector and tells me it was just a faulty detector. And I was really surprised because I had just changed out all of my smoke detectors.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: He said, well, where was it? Which one was it? He's like, oh, the one in the room right off the, you know, right off the kitchen. And the other guy's like the office. What? Oh, okay, <laughs> But I was so confused because. I have lived here since 2011, and I have never once noticed that there is a smoke detector in my office.
0: <laughs> oh, that's funny.
1: That I know of. Maybe I have changed the battery on it, but I was so confused. I'm like, there's there's a smoke detector in there, so I look like an idiot. So anyway, he's like, yeah, you have to change them every 10 years. This one's um, from 2012. So thank God it wasn't like from 20 years ago. So it was time <laughs> for it to be changed. And then he looks in the car and he's like, Cricket, hi, Lexi. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And um, then he starts walking back to the truck and the thing goes off. The one in my hand starts going yeah. off. Um. And I was like trying to get the battery out and it's so cold. Like my hands were just like uh, uh. to slide that compartment. I had to take my yeah. mittens off.
0: Uh, no way. And he comes
1: walking back up. And he's like, oh, did it go off again? And I'm like, dad, I said, I tried to get the battery out. So he got the battery out for me. I said, please don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <sighs> you got to be <laughs> sleeping or something or eating steak. <laughs> uh, sleeping
0: or eating steak. <laughs> One of those two.
1: Every time I drop Lexia at st- the station too, they're always eating steak. I mean, like, huge steaks. <laughs> I swear to God, it's every time I drop them off, it smells like steak.
0: That's funny.
1: And I'll go in and the whole table will be like, they'll be gone because they get called out in the middle of a, a dinner. <laughs> There's just steak on every plate. Like, <sighs> crazy. But anyway, so I have to bring the girls to work on Friday. So either I read, no, or nobody will say it
0: don't know why oh well i'm curious to know which
1: so mm-hmm. that was that my birthday happy ah, birthday yes. at three o'clock in the morning uh-huh so we get all the back into bed everyone of course has to go outside because of why wouldn't they at three o'clock out? in the morning <laughs> they're all jacked up and i laid awake for an hour trying to figure out how the smoke detector went off If it wasn't plugged in, Mm. if it was because it was a defective smoke detector. And then I fell asleep. And then yesterday I was like, oh, because it wasn't the wiring. Mm -hmm. The wiring is fine. It's the actual detector.
0: Right. So Uh, it was
1: too cold. Oh, and then I hear this beep, beep (laughs) back of my car. And I was like, what is that beeping sound? Yeah. And then I started getting ketamine treatments for depression and PTSD.
0: Uh-huh. And I
1: thought I was having some sort of
0: auditory <laughs> hallucination or
1: something. I couldn't figure it out. I get in the garage, you know, and I look and it's my AED, my um, defibrillator. Oh. Um, I keep it in my car. Uh-huh. And- when the battery gets too cold, it just starts going off. And uh, so in the winter, I have to remember to bring it in my house
0: mm. or the
1: battery gets too cold and it starts beeping.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: hmm Huh.
0: That's too cold.
1: I know. The fact our weather makes a battery too cold. <laughs> yeah. That's in my car in the garage. And it's still too cold for that battery. So... That was my excitement.
0: That is exciting.
1: It was very exciting. Very 911-ish.
0: Very 911-ish. All right. Do you have any dusting follow-ups and corrections? I don't. I have
1: nothing. Nada. Wow. Just the usual contact information. Start email books from the basement PC at gmail Mm dot com if you need the dot com afterwards we have the whole (laughs) discussion about that (laughs) and Facebook group Facebook page I'm gonna get going on that food project again start Mm, posting some pictures it's a good time Mm -hmm. to start Mm -hmm. cooking and that's all I have yeah that's it let's get into this book because I am very excited to talk about the next chapter here chapter seven uh-huh. I had to <laughs> rubber band my book together. And then I was like, I don't know where the back cover is. And then I just realized it's my bookmark.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, you have a the different picture. You have mullet Trixie on the front of yours.
1: 1985
0: Trixie with the mullet. Mm, yes. I have the 70s, the 70s Trixie.
1: Oh. Oh, I have that one too. Mine's the 95 cent one. But I did read this one specifically because I knew you had the yeah. older
0: one. Right.
1: And it is co- newly copyrighted in 85. So I'm surprised we haven't found any discrepancies. We've kind of been I know. looking for
0: them. We'll keep an eye now.
1: I had just saw this dog ear and I have chocolate cake underlined. Was that like, make that I guess? <laughs> okay. Here's my rundown for chapter seven. Okay. Let's maybe do a brief little summary here of what's going on. On Sunday, Trixie went, and she found that Deutschmark, 50 Deutschmark Mm. note, and she's in a fight with honey. Okay. Got it. Okay, Chapter 7, Posters and Apologies. Nick is angry about the bike-a-thon and refuses to help with posters. The art teacher, Mr. Kreider, offers to help. Trixie finds out about Nick's background and he is still angry at Trixie for messing up the clubhouse. Trixie apologizes and they are friends again. Who saw that coming?
0: No, nobody. That's me. Mm. All right, so. I don't have a whole lot of notes in this chapter.
1: Oh, I have I have some, but not a ton. All right. Okay. okay. So Trixie's at the bus stop waiting eagerly. She felt a sinking feeling of disappointment when the bus passed the stop at Manor House and neither Honey nor Jim got on. Trixie wonders if they're not on the bus because they're avoiding her because of course mm-hmm. it's all about her. This is what she's telling herself. Don't be silly. There are lots of times when we don't take the bus for one reason or another. Mark and I don't seem to care or notice. No, they don't. Okay, Nick. Oh, she sees Nick down the hall. And he sees her and turns around suddenly and starts to walk down another hall. (laughs) And she goes running after him.
0: I guess he didn't see me after all. Like, no, (laughs) Trixie, he saw (laughs) you. No, Trixie, Uh uh-uh. She asks about
1: the posters and he just says, forget it. He's just like, I'm sorry if I distracted you from what you were thinking about. You were thinking about (laughs) getting away from her. (laughs) So then she's like, well, surely he means, you know, she should forget about being apologetic.
0: Yeah. Forget it. But
1: she's not quite sure. So she says, forget what? And then Nick just goes into this rampage of words about how angry he is about the stupid bike-a-thon idea. I'm just going to read this. Okay. This is his outrage here. Forget the whole thing. The whole story. Stupid bike-a-thon idea, Nick said angrily. I don't have time to waste doing a bunch of stupid posters and pledge cards for a bunch of do-gooders. It's a dumb idea anyway. You probably won't raise any money, and if you do, the school board will just use that as an excuse to cut the art department's budget back even more. We'll be right back where we started. He's very bitter for a high school student.
0: I know, and where did that come from, man? And then...
1: Trixie tries to reassure him, and he tells her you should just forget about the whole thing. <laughs> and then he he pushes his way past her and walks quickly off down the hallway. Yeah. Trixie, this is just so not like her. She felt a strong temptation to take Nick's advice and abandon the whole idea of the art department.
0: Not for long, though. You know, I, I feel like when someone yells at you like that, you do start to doubt yourself.
1: Sure. I guess. But remembering the disappointed looks on the faces of the other young students at the art fair, Trixie felt to resolve returning. Were they just all looking around disappointed at their terrible artwork?
0: Very, very morose looking art department. Listless, (laughs) you know.
1: This is what I have. But if we had better art supplies, it would look great. Mm -hmm. And the principal offered his full cooperation. So she thinks that must be a good idea. And she's going to go talk to Mr. Kreider, the young art teacher. And he was very friendly and welcome Trixie's offer to help. So he's going to give the assignment to his first year art students to make the posters and pledge cards to do as an assignment. That's a good idea. If any of them decide to go into commercial art, that will be a valuable thing for them to know.
0: (laughs) How to draw up a pledge card.
1: (laughs) He is a young art teacher. He, he <laughs> hasn't been doing this very long. He hasn't learned yet, that that's not how things typically work. <laughs> so then he explains that Trixie should make a rough sketch of what she thought the posters and pledge cards should look like. Taking out the information and indicating where any special work should go. Isn't that the job of the art students? Because they're supposed right? to be having this experience of... Taking a basic piece of communication and turning it into something attractive. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. she's putting that on Trixie now.
0: And it, they've never talked about that. So she's just going to make it up all on her own?
1: I guess she does. She comes up with the she title, does. Come Along for the Ride. Fills it all in. I think we should have a map too, Trixie said. So that people who look at the poster will see right away that the route goes through the Wheeler's Game Preserve. And I put, yes, please, a map. <laughs> right. She forgot to put in the free refreshments will be served. Mm, so she had to add that. Then she does a write, a writer's rough, they call it, for the pledge <laughs> cards. Okay. He looks them over. They look fine. Okay. And then she brings up Nick and <laughs> wonders why he's been so troubled. If Mr. Kreider would know, I guess. And she says... He has so much talent that I'm sure he'll be very successful someday. And he's very attractive, but he always <laughs> seems so gloomy.
0: <laughs> and Mr. Crider, like a good teacher, says, I'm sorry, I can't discuss that with you, right? Nope.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he says, I don't know Nick well either, Trixie. Despite the fact that he spends all of his free time in this department, I do know that he's had some unfortunate experiences. Nick and his family moved to Sleepyside just last year from New York City. His mother's health isn't very good and her doctor suggested it might improve if she were away from the pollution of the city. Then he goes on. (laughs) Nick's father is a master engraver and he was in demand in the city. But there isn't much call for his talents at a small town like Sleepyside. He has a little shop downtown where he sells engraved trophies and plaques and such, but there isn't much money in it. And although Mrs. Roberts' health has improved since they moved here, the medical bills that they ran up have put them pretty deeply in debt. Oh, God. Then he goes and on. Then he goes on. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's been taking lessons from Mr. Belden or vice versa. <laughs> sharing of the information, oversharing. Nick tries to help out by working evenings and weekends as a sign painter. And he does make enough money to pay for his expenses and helps out a little with the bills at home. Still, he resents having to take so much (laughs) time away from his serious work. And understandably, he's a little bit bitter. I've tried to draw him out since he's been in my classes, but it doesn't seem to work. He's a very unhappy young man. And that's too bad. Since, as you said, he does have a lot going for him and will probably succeed eventually if the chip on his shoulder doesn't stand between him and success.
0: Well, Mr. Kreider, you were right. You don't know Nick very well. <laughs> Good That's Lord. Right.
1: You don't know much about him at all. <laughs> Again, the sign of a very young teacher. <laughs> They're getting so involved in the student life. Oh, my goodness. He hasn't gotten bitter yet about his job. <laughs> now Trixie's decided, Up, oh, he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders. And that's when a person needs friends the most. So mm. she's going to trail after him, force him to be her friend, I guess. And Mr. Kreider encourages it. I hope he'll keep trying to be friends with Nick. Just don't take it too personally if he's not always very open with you. there's not there's not being open with you and then yelling at you in the middle of the school hallway,
0: and hiding from you and pushing past you after you yell at someone like. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's very good advice. Just keep trying to be friends with him. When he yells at you, don't take it personally.
1: He's verbally
0: abusing her. It should
1: be like stay away from him. Right? He's obviously triggered. He could go off the handle.
0: We don't know him very well. He just moved here.
1: (laughs) We don't know anything about his whole life or anything. Okay. And she doesn't understand why Nick couldn't just say that he didn't have time to make posters instead of getting so angry. Mm -hmm. Then she has a thought. One thing she knows for sure, it's easier to find missing necklaces and lost trailers than it is to figure out why people act the way they do sometimes. I thought that was interesting because typically when they pull things in from prior books, they explain what they're talking about.
0: (laughs) Right, right.
1: If this were just a standalone book, you'd be... (laughs) huh (laughs) what is that about
0: yeah they can't really do that if they're going to use her thoughts as the vehicle for that information
1: they can't because she can't explain it to herself honey's on the bus on the way home
0: okay sitting
1: alone in one of the double seats in the back Trixie sits down and just starts chatting away about her discussion with Mr. Kreider. It's like she's bubbly, but she sees Honey's face was set in an unfriendly expression.
0: What does she expect?
1: I guess I should ask if you're still interested in helping with the bike-a-thon. That's what she says. I certainly am interested in the bike-a-thon, Honey replied icily. Someone has to make sure that nothing else goes wrong. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) So apparently Honey went to the clubhouse and it was messy. She assumes that Trixie had left the brush unwashed and the window open and there was mm-hmm. a jar of red paint tipped over and spilled all over the table and it took her a half an hour to clean up the mask, which I thought was pretty quick for honey to clean all that up in a half hour.
0: I know that would suck to clean up a spill of red paint on the table. I
1: know. Uh, well, there's still a stain, so clearly she didn't get it all up. Trixie. Has no recollection of opening the window or that she had left anything sitting out. She's the mm-hmm. myth. Mm-hmm. But she apologizes anyway. And then she goes into the 14-year-old. I kept wondering whether we'd ever be friends again. And about what I'd do if we weren't. I guess that's why I forgot to put things away. And then she apologizes for saying awful things to her. And then honey whales. Oh, Trixie, I'm sorry, too. I said perfectly horrid things to you. And I was just as upset yesterday as you were. I should have realized that's why you left the supplies. <laughs> no,
0: no, you shouldn't have.
1: <laughs> no, no, honey. No. Why do you know what I did? Yes. Why? Oh, sorry. Why? What?
0: Why <laughs> did you That's yesterday?
1: weird. You read that sentence.
0: Why do you know what I did yesterday? There you go. There we go. Big go.
1: so she was trying to pretend that she was paying attention to the baseball game but she wasn't and then when everyone cheered she jumps up and yells touchdown
0: so that's it yeah honey (laughs) let's
1: see and that's not all Trixie. when i jumped up i forgot that i had a glass of pop in my hand which i have circled three times and wrote where is laura french from minnesota or wisconsin (laughs) Minnesota.
0: <laughs> Answer. Minnesota. Yes,
1: we know Minnesota. Because those are the only two states that say pop instead of soda. Yeah. Allegedly. Okay. Oh, so the pop, she dumped all over Ben's head. And then they talk about how t- it's too dangerous for them to fight anymore. And mm. and Honey says, let's never fight again. And I wrote, co- nah, likely. <laughs> hmm. Jim has decided that Honey and he should start riding to school with Ben to keep him out of trouble. Hmm. So I guess that answers the question. He is going to school with him. Right. <laughs> oh, I wrote, is Ben a student? Why can't he ride the bus? Apparently he'll get in too much trouble on the bus, even though they'll all be there on the bus with him. That Something
0: like that.
1: Okay, that doesn't make sense, but maybe in Tracy Land, it does. So then Honey offers to finish the arrow direction signs. And then they talk about working at the sign-up booth on Wednesday. And she says, I'll call Di. She wasn't in school today. (laughs) I don't know if she can help.
0: (laughs) She misses a lot of school. I know.
1: Then we can, Oop, here's my (laughs) stop. Tracy, I'll call you after (laughs) supper again. (laughs) Remember in Black Jacket when we we had different books? And in one of our books, <laughs> they were stayed on the bus. Yeah. Right through the window down the road. And then the other one they all got <laughs> off at the same stop.
0: I do remember. That was okay. funny.
1: Honey, or then Trixie feels as wonderful this afternoon as I felt awful this morning. Honey hmm. and I are friends again. Yippee, she shouted, running up the driveway to the house. End of chapter.
0: End of chapter.
1: So what did we find out in that chapter? We found out Nick's crabby because he's had a hard life and Trixie and Honey mm-hmm. are friends again. Yes. It was a misunderstanding. Yes. And Trixie left stuff out because she was so upset about her fight with Honey. Apparently she forgot to put
0: things away. Mm-hmm. Is what Trixie
1: thinks happened.
0: Poor Mr. Crider doesn't know anything about any of his students. Right. He hasn't got involved in anything.
1: Okay. Chapter eight. It's called the sign up. I only have three lines on my rundown. So I'm guessing it wasn't a very explosive chapter. Okay. It's Wednesday now. So that all happened on Monday Mm -hmm. and now it's Wednesday. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay.
1: After school, the boys put up posters while the girls help students sign up for the bike-a-thon. Ben and his friends ridicule the bike-a-thon. Trixie ignores Ben for honey's sake. (laughs) That's all I have. So that's about it. Yep.
0: Okay. Well, takes 10 pages for that to happen. Let's see how it unfolds.
1: (laughs) Okay, what do I have here? I have a note here. Let's see. So Trixie, during study hall, goes to the art department to pick up the cards. And she's delighted with the work and asks how they did them. They're also uniform. They look more like something that came off a printing press. Then he says, they were done with a printing technique, Trixie. Although they weren't put on a press, the technique is called serigraphy or silk screening. Would you like to see how it's done? I put no thank you. And then I have nothing highlighted (laughs) for two
0: pages. (laughs) (laughs) I have underlined at the bottom of the next page where she says, whew, that sounds really complicated. (laughs) (laughs) It was.
1: Trixie says that's a lot better than our system of doing each poster by hand. Sometimes if two or three of us each do a poster, it's hard to tell that they're all supposed to be the same poster. (laughs) And then he says, next time you have a project like that to do, I suggest you go to the library and take out a book on silk screening. There are several books that show beginners how to get started. And I just said, or just ask the art students to help.
0: Right. Don't they need a lot of experience?
1: They do for their resumes. They're building their resumes <laughs> for commercial art are. jobs.
0: Mhm. Mhm.
1: Okay, and then more about how to do things with posters that yes, I don't really I care about
0: said uh, on the side. <laughs>
1: and then at the end he says, "Here are your posters and I hope you find ways of using silk screening for future projects. <laughs> don't hesitate to call me if you need help." Oh, God. Uh, Yeah. Okay, so then after school, all the Bob Whites, all seven, it says, even, Mm. meet in front of the principal's office, where the custodian is setting up a table. It says, Jim, Brian, Dan, and Mark divided up the posters and quickly decided which territory each should cover. Brian has had driven his jalopy to school that morning and Jim had the Bob White station wagon. So they were to cover the shops and businesses farthest from the school. Dan Mangan, would they just said earlier in the paragraph, they just called him Dan. And now it's Dan <laughs> Mangan.
0: <But laughs> You're right.
1: Why is last name there? Would take places closest to the school and mark put posters up in the hallways of the school itself.
0: So Dan doesn't have a car. He's just going in the neighborhoods surrounding the school. So he doesn't need a car. Right. Okay, right. Got it. Got it.
1: Yeah. So he's gonna take places closest to the schools. I feel like everything was pretty close to the school. Like she even walked to Hawthorne Street from the town square. What are they putting up? Posters <laughs> oh, about the bike-a-thon. Announcing? Yes, because she had to give all the information. Is this to get people to do the bike-a-thon? And then you go around and ask people for pledges, right, for each mile that they do?
0: Because I feel like it's the high school students that are doing it. But maybe then the people of the town will know what they're talking about when they come to try to get them to sign up. I don't know.
1: Maybe adults are invited to do the bikeathon. a thon I don't know. I don't know why they're doing this. Okay. Okay, so they have their sign-up table and Honey Trixie and Die tell people how to do it. Then they tell us how to do it, which again, I didn't really care. And then we'll have a table set up right here again next Wednesday so that we can collect your cards and hand out more. After the bikeathon. we'll call all the people who signed your cards, telling them how many miles you rode and how much they owe. Then they'll send the money to the school in care of the art department. That's all there is to it. I said, they don't trust their students. I used to do swim for distance or something that was called swim for distance, I think. And we would have to go around the neighborhood and have people pledge how many links of the pool we would Uh swim or whatever laps. Uh We had to go get the pledges. Then afterwards, we had to go back, tell them how much we swam and collect the money and then bring it to the swim club.
0: Well, yeah, because the Bob Whites are going to call everyone that pledged money. If mm-hmm. each person gets five people to sign up, <laughs> there's like a hundred people doing it. That's a lot of phone calls. Sounds to me
1: like they don't trust the students at Sleepy High <laughs> Junior Senior High to get the money where it's supposed to go. <laughs> they might be skimming off the top. Okay. Now here come Ben Riker and his friends and mm. Trixie hopes they don't cause trouble. They don't say anything, but they're smirking. Mm -hmm. Although they said nothing, the smirks on their face made it clear that they were not about to sign up for the ride or pledge any money for any of the riders. Then they just talk amongst themselves about how stupid it is. Right. They don't say it to them directly. They just have a conversation that's easy to overhear about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very mocking about Trixie being a super sleuth. and Mm -hmm. he's just sarcastic and rude. So Honey is explaining the sign-up process to a couple of students. She's trying to look as though she didn't hear what Ben was saying, but she wasn't succeeding. She, too, was flushed with embarrassment, and her usually tranquil-looking face was drawn and pinched. Hmm. Trixie, she realizes that Honey felt sympathy for Ben because she knew all to well how lonely his life was. At the same time, she knew that he was choosing the most destructive way possible of dealing with his loneliness. So that would be Honey, too. I think so. She doesn't know how she should feel about Ben, Trixie thought. She just knows that she can't ignore him because he's her cousin. She's probably waiting, just as Mart is, for Ben to do something so awful that the wheelers will have to admit defeat and send Ben away for good. If that (laughs) happens, he will always feel guilty because she wasn't able to give him the help he needed. It's a lot of responsibility for a 14-year-old
0: girl. It is, especially considering that She's not really trying to do anything to help him. She's pretty much avoiding him as much as she can. It doesn't seem like she's talking him up or hanging out with him.
1: (laughs) No, she's not. So this is more of Trixie's realization. Trixie had been forcing Honey to choose between her best friend and her conscience. If she cut Ben off now in order to please me, and then Ben went off the deep end, she'd hate herself. And what's more, she'd hate me too. I put very black and white, and I also wrote, huh, with a question mark <laughs>
0: Because
1: <laughs> that's not logical.
0: No, it's not. <laughs> At all. And probably wouldn't actually happen. Trixie's just catastrophizing. No.
1: She is, very much so. Uh, Trixie knew that it would be easier for her to tolerate Ben Riker from now on. Hmm. Just like that. Teflon, up the back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, then I have something here, Let- Wait. Mart had taped one of the posters on the wall next to the table and the map of the bikeathon route had been a strong selling point as Trixie had known it would be. Oh, that's mm-hmm. why I had this, show me the map! Exclamation, Mark.
0: <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> uh, she heard many of the students talking amongst themselves about how interesting it would be to see the Wheeler Game Preserve firsthand. And again, going through the Game Preserve itself or just on the
0: roads. I don't know. They have to
1: be. I guess to get to Mr. Maypenny's, they are going through the preserve. And then that brings up how are the police going to escort them through the preserve? And why are they riding their bikes back there?
0: Yeah. You know, when we read a book, like a science fiction book, like The Hobbit or something, on the inside of the cover, they have a whole map of the land yes, they too. printed. And you can refer yes. back to it uh, and see... Uh, where the mountain range is, and ugh. I wish we've got this
1: one crappy map that doesn't really even show anything in the right place. That's it. Yeah. So the most common remark she'd overheard was, "Look, there are going to be free refreshments too." She knew that most of them would be expecting the usual unimaginative hot dogs and hamburgers. Won't they be surprised? She said hello <laughs> to Honey and Die when they show up at Mister Maypenny's and discover that. Huge kettle of hunter's
0: stew. (laughs) I wrote, uh, yeah. (laughs) Surprised is one word.
1: Yes. Hot stew in the middle of a bike-a-thon. Oh, inflation calculation. So Trixie asks, honey, how many people signed up? And they've got 50 riders with more to come. Trixie did some fast calculating. Let's see if we have 50 riders and they each get a dollar a mile in pledges. Then I'll be over $1,000 for the art department. Okay, where is my inflation
0: calculations? Here. Also, we then can figure out how many miles the route is. Oh, do we not know that? Okay.
1: So in 19... Now, are we not doing the 1952? 1952...
0: That's my opinion.
1: Okay, because it's twice as much in 1952 19... <laughs> yeah. as it was in 1977. So in 1977, that would be... $5,066.44. Not
0: too bad. So far. Not too bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So
1: a dollar a mile in pledges, 50. So we've got $1,000.
0: Just 50 into a thousand, I think.
1: Yeah. $1,000 yeah. divided by 50. Yeah. 20 miles, right? Yep. That doesn't really help me, but it's good to know.
0: It's good to know. Yeah. Also, why is Honey asking Trixie if she's, are you sure? Isn't Trixie the one that's bad at math?
1: Mm-hmm. That's why she's asking that.
0: Oh, <laughs> I
1: see. I see. Dialage has been figuring with paper and pencil. That's right, Honey. See? So the whole thing of 1,000 times 50 has been such a huge math problem that Dyes had to do it on the page and uh-huh. honey doesn't think trixie's come up with the right answer <laughs> it's apparently in her head she can't figure it out either
0: right right i can't explain
1: <laughs> this is what Doc says trixie only has trouble with math problems in class when it comes to one of her pet projects she has
0: no trouble at all i guess she's learning the equations then yeah hey i've got an uh-oh here <laughs>
1: suddenly trixie stopped and snapped her fingers math problems she explained I thought we just decided you didn't have any, honey, said teasingly. Oh, yes, I do, Trixie said. I have 10 algebra problems that I'm supposed to do for homework tonight, and I left the book in my locker. You two go ahead and wait for the boys. I'll run back and get my book and meet you in the parking lot in a minute. Trixie turned and hurried back down the corridor. So it's like, this isn't going to end well. Whenever they go off by themselves and say they'll be back really quick, something horrible happens,
0: Just like a horror movie. Don't go down in the basement by yourself. So, what does she see? Nick Roberts
1: staring at one of their posters, frowning. That's the end of the Um, (laughs) chapter. Yeah, but no exclamation mark. It's just, no, she sees him.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I guess it's that his face is fixed in a frown that it's it's just looking ominous sounding like things are gonna go bad yeah okay well that's the end of chapter eight okay oh i don't have another inflation calculation until chapter 13 okay okay so let's move on to chapter nine same day wednesday this one's called mysteries Mm -hmm. trixie sees nick rip up one of the posters honey stays for dinner and a sleepover mr belden says the deutschmark is counterfeit And Honey tells Trixie she's upset with Ben's behavior. Okay, that's all I have. All right. Let's dig in here. Okay, exactly. That's what happened. (laughs) Nick just (laughs) rips the poster off the wall and then runs off down the hall.
0: He's angry.
1: He's so angry. We have a heart here. Is there a Jim? There's a Jim and Trixie heart moment here. That's right. Where, where, where? Let's not jump ahead, though.
0: Let's see. Okay.
1: So she's really into the whole interrelation aspects of the Bob Whites of the Glen, this author. Yes. So Trixie gets her math book and she goes outside to the parking lot and finds Jim and Honey waiting for her in the station wagon. And Jim tells her, Brian and Mart have already left in Brian's jalopy, Trixie. Somehow, Mart seemed to think it made much more sense for them to go ahead and give Di a ride home. And he added her eyes twinkling. The other Bob White's all knew that Mart Belvin had a special feeling for Di Lynch, a feeling that Di returned. That's about Ooh. as blatant as it's gotten in any of these books that I can remember. Yeah. That means you're stuck with us, Trixie. Hop in, Jim said. As Trixie walked around to the passenger side of the car, Honey got out and held the door so that Trixie could slide a front seat next to Jim. Mm. Honey then took her place next to the door. Trixie's feeling for Jim was well known too, and Honey liked to do as much as she could to encourage it.
0: Wow.
1: Look at my, got a big heart moment. Big heart.
0: I have a heart also next to that.
1: I have a yay as well.
0: <laughs> That's bold, Laura French. Bold. Very bold, but I like
1: it. I like it like that. I would like to point out that they are in a station wagon and they're all in the seat. It's a little strange. They <laughs> could have just gotten out and sat in the back seat, but I guess she thought Very true. Trixie switch right over next to him. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Why so quiet, Trix? Jim asked after they'd driven a few blocks. Trixie stared guiltily, realizing she'd been lost in thoughts about Roberts. Why is she guilty? Because she wasn't paying attention?
0: Because she doesn't want to tell them, per usual.
1: I I guess. Per usual. Yep. Uh, She debates telling them, but then decides not to and says,
0: I guess I'm tired. You would be too, Jim. If you just saw Nick Roberts do that, wouldn't that be the first thing you said? Oh, my gosh. Yes.
1: She doesn't want to risk turning everyone against Nick and possibly the whole bike-a-thon idea. Huh. I don't know how that would be <laughs> the case.
0: No, me either. <laughs>
1: Even a 14-year-old would understand that that's not how things were. But she doesn't want to tell them. They talk about how exhausting the pledge table was and the posters and... Jim had a hard time because he'd walk into the store and and talk about the posters. And then the person would say, you'll have to talk to the boss. Uh They're exhausted. And Jim pulls into the Belden driveway and Trixie says, hey, why don't you stay for dinner and spend the night? And he hesitated, knowing that slumber parties on school nights were usually frowned upon by both sets of parents. Go ahead, honey, Jim said. I'll clear it with Miss Trask. I know you girls have a lot to talk about. Uh is that his does he have the what's the word? Does he have the authorization authority, to give authority. the go ahead <laughs> for a slumber party? Oh, Mrs. Beldon's making
0: pot roast. Excellent. I love pot roast. What day is it? Wednesday. Still, she <laughs> the just same picked day? up the posters and they already put them up around town and had a sign up? Yep. Wow.
1: They've done all of that. And now it's time for dinner, so I guess three hours. Okay. Let's, you know, I guess that's enough time. Who knows? But she's making pot roast, and I've got the page dog eared already.
0: <laughs> um,
1: let's see. Dad's coming home from his business yeah. trip. I wonder why they don't call him Dad's.
0: I know, I know.
1: And I guess it's all okay. I mean, she's already invited Honey to sleep over. I guess. Jim's gonna ask, she tells her mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mom just says that sounds fine, dear. Okay. <laughs> they go upstairs, talk about changing and how much they used to have to remember that when she would eat at the wheelers and they'd have to change their clothes all the time. Yeah. Dress for dinner.
0: Dress for dinner.
1: Oh, well, they brought up Celia. <laughs> she brought up Celia Delanois. Oh, Celia. A pretty maid. That married Tom the chauffeur.
0: The pretty maid.
1: <laughs> so we got um, a little insight back there, a little history of how it is at the Wheeler house, which also we haven't really gotten for a while. No. Honey's going to clean Bobby up because he's super dirty again. Oh, that Bobby. Yeah. He likes Honey, though. lot. He does. Honey has a lot of hold over Bobby. She can get him to do just about anything. The family gathered around him, Mr. Belden, and he bestowed kisses on Mrs. Belden, Trixie, and Bobby, and hugs on Brian Martin. I <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: that was differentiated, because it wouldn't be appropriate for him to kiss Connie for obvious reasons. I mean, you could leave the whole thing out, but I guess it's showing that they're one big, happy, affectionate family. Great. All right, dinner's ready. I don't see anything else. Oh, cooked carrot. Okay, that's cool we see any other food here?
0: No other food.
1: Just the carrot and the pot roast. And then they start talking about this Deutschmark, 50 Deutschmark. She says, Brian said he'd seen an article about Deutschmarks in one of your magazines, Daddy, Trixie said. Do you remember what it said? Indeed, I do remember, Trixie. I'd like to see the page, please. And then Bobby jumps up to go get it because it's already in his collection.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> which I don't know how they trust Bobby to keep anything in his collection, but he goes and gets it. And Mr. Belden lowers his voice. Once Bobby is gone and says the article is about counterfeiting Trixie because West German money is so valuable right now. It's become very popular with counterfeiters. They forge large bank notes like the 50 Deutschmark, fix it with some real notes of lesser value and then redeem them at banks for United States currency. Okay. That's what counterfeiting is.
0: Yeah, this was the pre-suspicious days. Right,
1: right. People weren't printing money in the basement. And then he points out how you can tell it's counterfeit. They're all very fascinated. Mr. Belden's says that he thinks that it's charred because the counterfeiters realized that this bill couldn't be passed off as the real thing. So they tried to burn it, probably along with a whole batch of poorly printed bills. This one somehow didn't burn completely. Maybe the wind blew it. Mm -hmm. So it was a bad counterfeiting job, I guess is the point.
0: Right. For those specific, no. I guess so. Okay.
1: Trixie gets all excited. She jumps up and says, let's call the police. The police will certainly have to be notified, Mrs. Belden said. Brian can drive me to the police station tomorrow morning before school. Oh, Mollinson's going to love that.
0: Indeed. Oh, that's
1: right, though. He's a kinder, gentler
0: Mollinson in this book.
1: (laughs) Okay. No word from Miss Trask about if it's okay if Andy sleeps over. So I guess we're assuming. Jim cleared it with her. Jim would have come and fetched her. Yeah, must be cleared. Okay. They do their homework. Yeah, wow. It must be late by now. It's going to be like nine o'clock. I know. Now they're doing their homework. They're done with that. They start talking about the bike thon hmm And Honey just bursts into tears.
0: Oh, no, Honey.
1: And starts talking about how embarrassed she was at the school when Ben mm-hmm. and his friends started saying awful things. And she says, I'm really frightened, Trixie. I've tried to deny it, but Ben has changed a lot. He used to be just a practical joker, but now... Now he seems so hard and cruel. I know he's going to wind up in some kind of terrible trouble. Mm. Saw that coming. Yes, we did. He blames herself. It's all my fault, Trixie. I try (laughs) to be nice to him and spend time with him. But I know he can tell that I don't approve of him. That just makes him worse. Poor honey. I know. She's so sweet. Everyone should have (laughs) a friend like honey.
0: She's just the best.
1: Trixie fills her in about Nick. Mm Mm-hmm. Then Honey tries to make Trixie feel better about Nick <laughs> and how grateful Amy Morrissey will feel if they raise enough money for another pottery wheel so that she mm-hmm. can get the practice she needs to become a really good potter. Because mm-hmm. that's the problem, put her artwork. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't have enough time on the pottery wheel. Right. So Trixie thinks Mark has been acting suspiciously because when he came in her room the other night when she was upset, We thought he was going to lecture her and then give her a pep talk. And then it kind of did turn into a lecture. It was all very confusing. But in Trixie's world, that was Mark (laughs) acting suspicious because he was nice to her. Right. (laughs) And Honey says, Mark's devoted to you, although he tries not to show it. It's perfectly natural that he'd be sympathetic when he knew you were really hurt. And we already figured out that you left the the clubhouse because you were so upset about her fight.
0: That was another mystery. Uh
1: Let's never, ever have another fight. Never, ever. I think they say that so many times in this book. Oh, there's three. You're right. We'll never, ever fight again. Number three. (laughs) I said, didn't they already (laughs) cover this on the school bus? Yeah. And then they go to bed. And then Trixie, as she's falling asleep, she's thinking about the counterfeit Deutschmark and going to the police station And is she on the brink of another mystery Mm -hmm. that might be easier to solve than the mysterious behavior of Mm -hmm. Nick Roberts and Ben Riker? It's just counterfeit (laughs) money. (laughs) I don't think that's something that she should be involved in. A counterfeit ring. She is a (laughs) schoolgirl.
0: It's easier than figuring out why these two boys (laughs) that are my age are acting the way they are. Oh, God. Yeah, probably true. Probably true. Some truth to that.
1: (laughs) All right. We've covered another three chapters. I think that's our stopping point now, huh?
0: I think so. Okay.
1: Well, then next time we'll just pick up at chapter 10, suspicious coincidences.
0: Ooh. Exciting.
1: All right. Do you have anything else to add to the episode? Not today.
0: Thanks for asking
1: okay (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) all right so read along with us and until next time the end